when we live our day-to-day life um, uh, under the Father's affirmation, when every day I hear the Father's affirmation over my life, it frees me of fear of failure, mm-hmm. and it frees me from the opinions of others. And those are the two things that prevent us from accomplishing God's dream in our life. It's it's the fear of failure, and it's the, the opinion of others. And mm-hmm. so the only recipe, I believe, to overcome that, the fear of failure and the opinions of others, the fear of man, if you will, the only way to overcome that is... Uh, through living under the Father's affirmation, mm-hmm. because when I when I know my mm-hmm. Father is well pleased with me, when I have such deep intimacy that I live under His affirmation, that the heavens are open. I know that, right? The heavens mm-hmm. opened at Jesus' baptism. The Holy Spirit come down came down. So when I know that I have the power of God mm-hmm. and I have the voice of the Father, um, that those those two things enable me to accomplish anything. Hey, friends, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Piron, the missionary program director here at Damascus, and I'll be your host for today's show. I'm joined with my good friend and brother in Christ, Dan Dimite. Oh, yeah. What's up, Dan? How are you? Oh, living the dream, man. Yeah. It's a good time. Good it's time. really good to be yeah. here. Yeah. And uh, happy Advent to all who are listening. Um, it's actually funny, Dan, because uh, the Advent season being a new liturgical year, it always opens my eyes to um, different... Um, just different things I wish I had done the year before, but it, it, it's almost like the new, it's the new year in the it's church, the right? Year, yeah. So like, it's not like new year's resolution necessarily, but yeah. I, I always think on the first like week of Advent, what are the things last year that I wanted to do that I might be able to do this year? Yeah. And uh, what's fun about that is we're launching into Advent and we're going to talk today about dreaming. So oh, maybe like go. not just dreaming for your year, <laughs> yeah. but dreaming in general. So for those of you who are watching us um, or listening, we're talking today about this book right here. And uh, if you can't see it because you're just listening, this book is Dream Bigger, a book written by Dan Dimite, hey, which is awesome. And we've uh, we've been meeting to get an episode about this book for a little while. And um, we're just going to talk through it a little bit about dreaming, why that's important for the church, why it's important for us as Christians to dream. And uh, it's noble, Brad, that you have such uh, lofty prayers the first week of Advent. I'm usually like, I show up to yeah. church. I'm just like, okay, what's the cover of the new missile going to be? And please don't <laughs> let it look ugly. And sure enough, yeah. we show up. My kids are like, dad, there's a new missile. And I'm like, oh, it's so ugly. <laughs> like the cover is terrible. Yeah. Year. So we had to put up with this. I for get it. Twelve for, months. Yeah. So here's the entire uh, year of me having to look at this cover. Well, yeah, it's also it's like you're always like putting five dollar bets with the person next to you on how how long it'll take to sing O Come O Come Emmanuel. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like I think uh, probably song two, yeah. maybe second week. <laughs> um, but let's go ahead. Let's launch in uh, prayer if you want to lead us in that, and then we'll um, dive yeah, into absolutely. Your name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we welcome you into this place. We welcome you into this conversation. We pray that you would fill our minds, our hearts, our lungs with the power of your love. Lord, I pray for greatness to explode out of us. Mm-hmm. I pray for your power to live deep in us and to be lived through us. Lord, I pray that you would allow people's minds and hearts to be inspired today. Allow them to uh, see from your perspective and to think like you, to dream like you, to discover your plans for their lives. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. So here we are. And um, yeah, we were mentioning the the fact that, um, 
yeah, the, the Advent season is upon us. We were uh, talking a little bit. Well, I guess in my introduction, I said that I'm the missionary program director here at Damascus. So those listening, Damascus, um, some of you probably know, but we're uh, a community of missionaries who serve the youth of the church. And um, we have a formation program that's been really kind of um, birthed out of service, which is awesome. And a huge part of that formation program centers around dreaming. And I, a lot of that comes from you, Dan, and then um, our other co-host, usually with us, Aaron Richards, right? And I I wonder if, as we kind of dive into your book, Dream Bigger, which is um, available um, anywhere that you can find books, um, like why did you decide to write a book on dreaming? Like what was the impetus behind that? Like there's so many, I know you as a creative person. Yeah. I'm sure there was like all kinds of thoughts on where <laughs> you could go with your next book and you chose Dream Bigger. So why dreams? Yeah, yeah I literally have an, a folder on my computer uh, for called books and I've got like 20 <laughs> books started and it's kind of pathetic. And so uh, when when I pick up like, okay, this is the topic I'm gonna dive into. I mean, mm -hmm. ultimately it's what what's the Lord want. Um, I think- for me, I was really asking like, what is the, what's the voice or what's the word that the church in America needs? And, um, and I think this is a word that the church in America needs because, um, I, I think a prophetic word for the church herself is that we rely so much on human activity and not on divine activity. And, um, because of that, we, we dream within human limitations as opposed to divine expectation. So hmm. I think the, 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 the big problem in the American Catholic church right now is we have made all of our ministry pursuits within our own grasp. And mm -hmm. the concept of dream bigger is that you have to dream God-sized dreams. You have to go beyond your own ability or else you'll never mm -hmm. see if, 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 and you just see this in all of our different ministries and our parish strategies. So much of it is this well thought out, diligent, like plan. How can I how can we accomplish these goals or these strategies within our own natural abilities? Mm -hmm. And because of that, we don't give permission for the supernatural to work. We live with mm -hmm. very little mm -hmm. faith. We minister with very little faith. And, um, and so that was my hope is that we would break open a new, a new paradigm in the, in our ministry expectations. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, the word for the church. Right. And then I think there's a word for the individual, um, that God loves you so much. He wants to do amazing things in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really like, I have a heart for um, just watching people um, accomplish amazing things. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. I love, I love, I, I hate when people um, don't step into their gifts and talents mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, like who you are as a person, like you, your gifts, your talents, your personality, your quirks, your passions, your desires, you were created by God with God's fingerprint. Mm -hmm. And and then you were given the Holy Spirit to allow you to accomplish literally whatever God desires you to accomplish. And I feel like so many people put themselves in a box with limitations that um, hmm. I just want to see people become everything God wants them to be. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And it's it's really fun to hear you speak on it because it is something you live out like so so regularly. I, I can remember some of our first interactions where you were just encouraging me Brad, don't, don't get tunnel vision on mm -hmm. just what you're good at now or just doing for the church what you think your gifts are now. Like, open your eyes wider than that. What, what do you think, like, um, you've been in ministry for how many years now? 20. 20 years. Yeah. How about that? I'm an old man, but I don't have any gray hair yet. So <laughs> I, feel, yet. I feel like I'm doing pretty good. I might good. get gray hair before you, which yeah. would be a whole different <laughs> conversation. But um, uh, like- Oh, so over 20 years, when, when did that shift start happening for you? Was that, was it early? Was it early that you recognized that like, Hey, just relying on, 
um, human capacity isn't enough? Or mm-hmm. was it like, hey, I actually think I can rely on human capacity. And then did something shift? Like, when do you think you started realizing that dreaming was big? Yeah, I think it's a sweet question. So when I was early in ministry, um, I uh, I don't know if you, I, I'm sure you feel this. I don't know mm-hmm. if everyone feels this. Mm-hmm. There's something like when, when you want something, you feel it in your whole body, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I remember going to like, um, just different conferences or being a part of different movements. And I wanted things so bad that it hurt. Like hmm. my chest would be tense. Like my stomach was aching and I'd be in prayer, like literally crying, like, God, please give this to me. Like I wanted hmm. it so bad. And I think that ache for God doing something big was, was in me always. And I think that was like, uh, I think that's probably what started this, like, when I see people in complacency, I I see complacent prayer, right? And like mm. complacent prayer is yeah. useless and complacent prayer gets you nowhere. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like prayer that becomes routine or complacent isn't prayer to the almighty God, right? It, right. It's just, I don't mm-hmm. know what it is, but it's not mm-hmm. prayer, right? Yeah. Like prayer puts you on your knees crying out for mm-hmm. more. And mm-hmm. I think dreaming has the ability to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And it humbles us because when you are a prayerful dreamer, you're so utterly dependent on the one who mm-hmm. provides the sustenance for your dreams to to become a reality. So yeah. I think when yep. it, for a while it was me trying to do it, like I'd cry out to God, cry out to God. And these, I like literally can think of moments like when I was 18, 19, 20, and those moments of prayer crying out to him. Um, and so I think there was always that otherness of like, if these dreams are going to happen, the mm-hmm. Lord has to provide the way. Um, mm-hmm. But then I also think like, I remember times in ministry when I was a parish youth minister, I'd think to myself, man, it, like we had a huge flourishing youth group and all kinds of kids were involved and great things were happening. And I, I remember though, multiple times asking the Lord, like, is this ministry successful because of my natural gifts and talents or is it successful only because of you? Mm-hmm. Like, it, like it, it, is it like, I know we're cooperating, but it feels so Dan, like so much mm-hmm. of it is based on me and my capabilities and my skills. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be so you so that when people mm-hmm. look at it, they're like, mm-hmm. Whoa, there was a miracle here. Yeah. Like, and I didn't feel that, uh, honestly, mm-hmm. in, in Parish Youth Ministry. I just thought it was like, wow, Dan's really talented. He's doing yeah, great things. Yeah. And and clearly all of our talent comes from God. But mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. when Damascus started to grow and um, a big shift in me, uh, I remember just in our chapel um, mm-hmm. one summer at, during camp, I would go to the chapel every day and lay prostrate before the Lord and I, I would just cry out like, Lord, I want a ministry that's so much bigger than me that mm-hmm. it's only yours. Like the mm-hmm. the the idea of having a ministry that's built around me isn't a ministry at all, right? Mm-hmm. Like ministry, like ministry yeah, yeah. is is the Lord. He is the minister. Mm-hmm. And it was that summer where I just started dreaming dreams that were so big that I knew that I, it was impossible for me to accomplish. And mm-hmm. what happened when you start dreaming like so big that it's impossible for you to accomplish, um, you start to rely so much on God and the weight of human accomplishment mm-hmm. actually falls off your shoulders mm-hmm. where it's no, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm no longer depending on me. Like, yeah, yeah. And there was almost this peace that came where it was like, yeah, I'm going to depend I'm going to pray for giant things mm-hmm. but I'm not going to feel burdened if they don't come about because they're his dreams to begin with. Yeah, it gets you outside of yourself. Gets which you is outside of yourself. which is I think an, another gift of of 
um, when I was, um, when I was just looking through the chapters that you've laid out in, in the book, I, I think that there is something about getting outside of yourself that we all desire, but we don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um, and especially us who are like passionate about the Lord, like we're like, we're going to mass, we're doing the things we're trying to get involved in the ministries at the parish. We're trying to start Bible studies or, or whatever, like uh, particular arena we're getting involved in. I think what happens and and I, I wonder if you could speak more to it is we we start having um ministry dreams like almost for Brad's sake or for Dan's sake that like I want to leave a mark which is a, it's a good initial desire and the way that I'm going to leave a mark is I'm I'm going to build things around my gifts and then we're going to get them as good as we can get them and then send them on and there is a shift whenever I I start doing it for God's sake, which I think is what you're saying is like, and it's subtle. It's like when I gave my life to the Lord, I was excited for the Lord, but I was excited because all of the possibilities my life now had because the Lord was real. Yeah. But then when you begin looking at all the things that are possible for God to achieve by the laying down of my life, it gets me outside of myself. So I wonder when, um, when you think about kind of the, the church, I, I, in America specifically, because that's where we focus the most. Why is it so tempting for us? I wonder if it has some identity attachments to it and things like that. I I wonder what you would think about the reason for most of American Christianity beginning to center itself on a person's gifts or like a personal brand, or is it because we find an avenue where things are going well and we stick to it? Is it something about the way that consumerism has fallen in. I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, because I, I, yeah. I see it. Maybe you don't see it the same, but yeah. in the Western world, it seems like it, all ministries end up kind of. Yeah. Well, I think it, it's really hard to, um, to separate ourselves from our social surroundings. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think, uh, I mean, we do this so much at Damascus, like we bring in so many, uh, if you will, secular business models or techniques or mm-hmm. methodology mm-hmm. into our work here at Damascus for for goal setting, for execution, for all of these different things on how we operate as a team. Um, and it's really hard to like evaluate, okay, what's from the, what is in the world that is good that we can mm-hmm. utilize to advance the kingdom and what's in the world that's just worldly and, and actually is in opposition of the kingdom mm-hmm. uh, and of a kingdom mindset. And mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, I don't know if I have all the answers there. I know sure. it's something, but I think it's something I question constantly, mm-hmm. right? I was mm-hmm. just at a retreat with um, uh, just other kind of leaders around the country. And uh, one of the things I was asking those leaders is how, how much self-promotion should we do within mm. ministry even? Like, right, mm. like in a couple of weeks, we're going to be going to the Sikh conference and yeah. Damascus is going to have a booth at the Sikh conference and there's going to be like 300 other organizations at the Sikh mm-hmm. conference and they all have these booths and they're all, if you will, doing self-promotion. Yeah, <laughs> you, right. even, sure. you even have like the religious orders doing self-promotion. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so how much self-promotion is good because you you in order to advance the kingdom people need to have awareness that you're mm-hmm. you exist mm-hmm. right like no one's ever going to buy dream bigger if they don't know dream bigger exists, exists. and so yeah. the book will never yeah. change someone's life if mm-hmm. they don't know that the book mm-hmm. is out there to change mm-hmm. their life and mm-hmm. so there has to be some element of promotion mm-hmm. um but i think we have to be careful that um we don't simply like are we promoting ourselves or are we promoting the, the, the advancement of the kingdom? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that's like, 
there's something profound about laboring as hard as you possibly can for mm-hmm. a dream, for a ministry, for a mission, for a cause, for a book, whatever it is that I'm going to give it my all, Lord, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to live in this way that's totally surrendered that mm-hmm. the fruit belongs to you. And yeah. so like, what happens? Like what happens when Elijah <clears throat> calls fire down from heaven? Does the sacrifice just get burned up or mm-hmm. does it get consumed and transformed? And I think that's what we need to, like when we call fire down on our dreams, it may just get burned up and the Lord mm-hmm. say, I don't want to bless this right yeah. now. Um, or it may get transformed and utilized in powerful ways. Yeah. I think that's probably what I was trying to get at. I, I think I, I, I agree with what you're saying that, that a surrendered uh, approach is the best one. Because if I get into ministry for my own sake, it becomes my identity. Yeah. And my primary identity as Brad is not minister Brad. Yeah. It's it's son of the father, Brad, right? It's yeah. friend of Jesus, brother of Jesus, like servant of Jesus, Brad, you know? And when we get outside of that, sometimes it can, it can just get foggy. Like you're saying, it's how much should we do this or that, right? I don't want to blow trumpets on the street corner, but I also want to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. So there's obviously a, a balance that, that we're seeing. One, one thing uh, that the Lord's been uh, like introducing me to that I, I was really thinking through um, when I was uh, looking at your book is I, I've been praying with the passion for, I think, like a year and a half off and on. And one of the scenes the Lord keeps taking me back to in personal prayer is Simon of Cyrene. And he continuously invites me to replace myself as Simon with him as Jesus instead of me as Jesus with Jesus as Simon. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's been, it's really, it's had a profound impact on me because the Lord has been speaking something like, Brad, I want you to feel the weight. Like, like Dan praying, um, like, Lord, I want this so bad. Yeah. He wants us to feel that. But the moment we own that, it's going to become about us, mm. right? The moment that I take Jesus's place and put the cross on my shoulder and say, hey, Jesus, will you just help me carry this cross? I've reversed <laughs> I've yeah. reversed the strategy. And I think that, that was really what stood out to me in your book is in Dreaming Bigger, we have to put Jesus in the right place, right? Like yeah. he has to be Lord and he has to be the one that I'm surrendered to. I'm alongside him. He's not alongside me. Could yeah. you speak to that some? Yeah, no, I love that imagery. I think that's yeah. it's beautiful. Why? Because if I put myself in Jesus's place, as opposed to in Simon's place where I belong, I get crushed, yeah, <laughs> right? And, right. Burn and out all the things. Yeah. And it was actually, it's funny because in writing this book, um, I was, I was scared. And I don't know if, if you've ever, if you've ever preached the gospel or if you've ever written a prophetic word for the, for the church, you, you do, there's fear that arises of like, oh my gosh, like, I'm mm. speaking the Lord's word right now. I better get it right. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I just wonder like Elijah and Jeremiah and Isaiah were there like, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, thus says the Lord. And it's like, uh, so, and one of the mm-hmm. fears I had was um, I, do, I don't want to, I don't want to put a unhealthy burden on people's shoulders because mm-hmm. I, I, I dream and I think you dream so big. Mm-hmm. And what we've learned over the years is how to dream really big without mm-hmm. being crushed by those dreams. And mm-hmm. I try to like walk through, how can you have those huge dreams and uh, uh, authentically surrender them over the Lord so they don't crush you? I also was just uh, afraid because you don't want to pull up pride out of people, right? And so mm-hmm. you want people to have the virtue of magnanimity yeah 
but yep. also yep. the virtue of humility and mm-hmm. and fostering. And what we do, I think, because we're so afraid of pride in the church, mm-hmm. what we don't actually foster magnanimity, magnanimity. out of people. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we crush that out of them mm-hmm. and we call that humility, mm-hmm. but these two virtues have to exist side by side. Mm-hmm. And so when you start, it was so frustrating too, because like when I started talking about dreaming bigger and mm-hmm. trying to pull out magnanimity from people, they I would get accused by some people yeah. of like, you seem overly ambitious. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This isn't <laughs> this isn't selfish ambition. Yeah, like yeah. this is I'm hungry for God to move. Mm-hmm. And I'm so tired of a church where God isn't moving mm-hmm. as boldly mm-hmm. as he wants to. Like, if mm-hmm. I want God to move, and if there are people in the pews crying out for God to do more. Don't you think God wants to move mm-hmm. even more than us? Like yeah, he's yeah. begging mm-hmm. for a church to be on her knees to cry mm-hmm. out for greatness so that he can show his power and his glory. Like mm-hmm. all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the mm-hmm. New Testament, all throughout sacred tradition, we see a God who loves mm-hmm. to show off mm-hmm. his power and glory. Yeah. And what we've done in the modern context is we've convinced himself, well, that only happens in saints' lives. Mm-hmm. And, and and so we've relegated ourselves to not expecting great things from God. And mm-hmm. so I think there's, I even forget your original question, but I think that this idea <laughs> of like pulling some greatness out of people, it can't mm-hmm. be, we don't want to do it in a way that um, at the same time calls, oh, is the Jesus yeah, thing. The we Jesus. don't want to crush people, yeah. right? And so dreaming big, if it causes anxiety in your life, mm-hmm. you're dreaming wrong, yeah. right? If, if pursuing your dreams causes you to have less faith in mm-hmm. God's power and glory, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And and I find a, a big motivation for writing this book was um, one of my favorite questions to ask people is, what's your dream for your life? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I ask strangers that all the time. Um, I yeah. ask lay ministers, priests, religious that all the time because I love the answers <clears throat> that you get. And a lot of times I've been shocked over the years how many times the answer is they have no answer. So mm-hmm. they don't even know how mm-hmm. to articulate what God wants to do in their life, which is a sad mm-hmm. thing. So that was a motivation. But then the other thing was, um, a motivation was you would see so many things get stirred up when you ask that question. You see like shame and disappointment, like, right. oh, I'm not doing right. good enough or um, anxiety, like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this now. And then like all these emotions get stirred up in people. And so it was like, okay, one, I want you to know what God's dream for your life is. That is mm-hmm. critical. Mm-hmm. Two, I want good things to get stirred up when yeah, I talk about yeah, this yeah. as opposed to shame mm-hmm, or disappointment mm-hmm. or uh, self-condemnation mm-hmm. or dis- like like beat, being having been bit, beat down um, mm-hmm. or anxiety. None of that is from the Lord. Right, and right. so there's a way to dream, mm-hmm. to dream big and to do it in a way that the mm-hmm. Lord um, is pleased with. No, I, I hear that. Because what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing as well is, is you're saying that. It's funny because it has me thinking about all the... Uh, ramifications of what you're saying, right? That Simon of Cyrene was still called to a place that he was insufficient for. Yeah. Right? Like even to even touch, to even touch the cross of Jesus, right? If I put myself in Jesus's shoes, I'll be crushed, but there's still going to be more than I can handle there. So I still have to be surrendered. I still have to be dependent on God there. And I I wonder, I, I, there's so many things you said that I think are good. I, I want to push in on the, um, on just some of the pushback that you might uh, anticipate in like in releasing a book like this, right? Yeah. Like, like some of the pushback that I, I know that you and I have had before. And, 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 and I also want to speak to how seriously we take that. I love the conversations you and I have where it's like, Hey, we just spoke something and there's 
this being said about it, what do we think about that? And then wrestling with that. It's one of my favorite things. So I, I think, what would you say to someone who might be listening or maybe that have heard things come out of Damascus before and they are thinking to themselves, yeah, well, but dreaming, isn't that just kind of like happy thought, right? Like, yeah. like just, just think really big so that you can get excited about being some, like, I don't know, a part of something bigger than yourself. Like, isn't that leaving people into like fantasy world? Like, um, not uh, like having them deal with the hardship of today. Isn't there some like escapism in that? Like, what would you say to someone who's like fearful that unlocking dreaming will lead people to not pursue virtue in the here and now, that it'll yeah. just be escaping into some fantasy of what could be instead of the hard work of what is. Yeah. I mean, I, I think any, anything can be done poorly. <laughs> and so, so I think like, sure. if, if, uh, um, uh, you know the different the hmm. difference between a god given dream and a god given fantasy is is a mm-hmm. plan of action and um i think the plan of action comes through the diligence of hard work and hard prayer mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. um when you have when you have a god given dream right then you have to ask the lord okay what do you want me to do with this and mm-hmm. uh, and i like that's the other category that you know you meet people who don't have any vision for god's dream for their life that's sad you also meet people who, when you talk about God's dream for their life, it causes a lot of unhealthy emotion in them. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Mm-hmm. The other sad category is the people who have a big dream, but do nothing about it. Yeah, and like, yeah. that just, it, that's not sad as much as frustrating, mm-hmm. right? Like God has given you a word and mm-hmm. you're not taking the diligence to, to, uh, to act upon yeah, it. Right? He's like, inscribed something on your heart. Yeah. Like he's given you yeah, access I mean, scripture to says, don't just be hearers of the word, but doers. doers. And, mm-hmm. and so there's, when we hear the Lord speak to us, a dream over our life, we have to do something about it. And I think that's really important. And so there is, I mean, the reason a lot of people don't like the word dreaming is mm-hmm. because they've met fantasizers yeah, who, yeah. who talk about dreams, but do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, one of like w- w- at Damascus, all we ever, like not all we, have, but we talk a lot about hard work, right? Yeah, like we, yeah. we love hard work. It does and, sometimes seem yeah. like that's all we ever <laughs> yeah, talk about because yeah. it is important. It's, it, it's the foundation for what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, in the modern world, we're not, we're not conditioned for hard work like we were in the mm-hmm. early years. You know, I was, I was conditioned for hard work as a child, I think, because my, my dad didn't grow up wealthy. And so comfort was not an option for Mm -hmm. us. Like Mm -hmm. they grew up dirt poor, which then instilled work in him. And we grew up pretty lower middle class, which instilled hard work in me. And I I think passing that on is so important. And because Mm -hmm. of that, I think, you know, we can have these big lofty dreams and you, Mm -hmm. um, but I I think the other thing isn't just personal hard work. I think it's, it's also the hard work of prayer. Mm -hmm. I love the mm-hmm. the parable that Jesus talks about of the the ten virgins the wise mm-hmm. and the foolish mm-hmm. and the the foolish virgins when when they when the bridegroom is coming they cry out to the wise virgins like give us some of your, your oil, oil. Yeah. yeah and it's it's this startling freight like moment where like the wise virgins are like no we can't and it's like mm-hmm. wait that doesn't seem nice like you have mm-hmm. oil they have none it seems like the work of evangelization to Would like be to give split the oil half of, and half yeah, yeah to make sure but as i as i muster on that there's something about the interior life mm-hmm. that you can't give away right the the mm-hmm. work that god's done in me mm-hmm. i like he, I can't, I can't give that to you. I can share it with mm-hmm, you to some extent, mm-hmm. but I can't give it. And the work he's done in you, mm-hmm, you can't give mm-hmm, that. And mm-hmm. like, I think if we want cheap dreams without putting in the work in in the practical mm-hmm. life and the mm-hmm. work in the spiritual life, we're not going to see results. So that really that oil has to burn mm-hmm. for years upon years. I mean, I, I think the, 
the burning, that oil burning mm-hmm. in me and crying out, it, it's not like, and this is so important, like the dreams I had on my, uh, on my life weren't fulfilled in, in a year. They weren't fulfilled in seven years. They weren't fulfilled in 10 years or, or 15. Like it, it, it was a long time of crying out, right? And it's 20 years in ministry. And I, I would say God has accomplished so much and it, it blows my mind what he has accomplished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now it's just like, okay, Lord, well, now I want more, right? Yeah, and I yeah. know that uh, now that I've seen you work over the last 20 years, that mm-hmm. those dreams that I cry out for, that they do come to fruition, they come mm-hmm. to completion, but they don't come overnight and they're not cheap. And yeah, like, yeah. and so they've got to be earned, not earned like that we earn grace, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. earned through prayer mm-hmm, and diligence mm-hmm. and faithfulness. And the Lord wants us to, to show up day after day after day, mm-hmm. cry out day after day after day. And um, that's good. A miracle doesn't have to happen right now, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, just because I cry out for God to do a miracle doesn't mean it's a this moment miracle. Some of the miracles we cry out for are this moment miracles. Yeah. I think a lot of the dreams that we have, the big dreams, they're not this moment miracles. They're miracles that happen over mm-hmm. decades. Well, yeah. And, and think about that too. I, I The Lord's had me recently reflecting. I'm actually going to speak to our missionaries, missionaries about this this week is this um, distinction between faith and hope, Yeah. right? That it, that if I want to be in perfect love, I need to hold faith and hope, right? And faith is this recognition that God can do whatever he wants right now. He could do anything right now. I have faith that God can do whatever he wants right now, that he is who he says he is right mm-hmm. now. Hope is this realization that, and in the case that he doesn't do it right now, he's going to do it better later, Yep. right? And when I hold those two things together, you can see where what you're saying about dreams makes sense. I also love what you said at the very beginning that um, people are always going to do things badly. But I, I actually think that the, the church, and, and not Mother Church, who's perfect, but us in the church, we've become fearful to do things badly. But yeah. anything worth doing is worth doing badly, yeah. right? Like think about if in your prayer life, you're like, I'm not going to pray until I'm an amazing prayer. Yeah. It's like, then you're never going to pray. Anything worth doing is worth doing badly. And so like, like unlocking people's... Um, perception of what God has in store for them. Yeah, they could just live in a fantasy world forever, I guess, but it's at least worth letting them know that the dreams are there because it's worth dreaming badly so that you can get to a place where you can dream, Yeah, like, I don't know, forthrightly, I guess. And yeah. and the only other thing I'll say on that before we kind of, uh, I, I want to take a journey just on the, the sections of the book, but I wonder like the way I was setting that up too when I asked you was just the pushback of, Hey, if we if we allow people to live in fantasy forever, they won't do the hard work of virtue now. Mm-hmm. The issue I have if we remove the dreaming and the the big picture and the God Almighty and the wonder and all and the majesty, when we take that away, what we're left with is what we were saying originally, what happens in ministry sometimes, which is a me-focused Christianity, where my faith in God is to the degree I can develop virtue and discipline in my life, right? And that's not it. It's 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 the reverse of that. The virtue and discipline worked into my life is unto something bigger, namely the Lord, right? And so I, I I'm I'm fearful sometimes that in the church we we make either or where both and is yeah. critically necessary. You know? And um yeah. Yeah, but it's both it's both <laughs> it's both the realistic perspective of what is happening now and the futuristic expectation yeah. that God has something amazing. I think to speak to both of those thoughts, Brad, I think the first one about if it's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. I think that 
what happens, uh, and I this book is laid out as a um, it's a twenty one day journey. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. daily reflections with um, daily. Uh, activations, mm-hmm. these reflection questions. And so I give some meat and potatoes and then you have to go to the Lord to grab his mm-hmm. meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you do something like that, um, a lot of emotions get stirred up in you. And what I've been hearing from people that have gone through this journey with me is that they, um, they, they have all of these, the, it is like these fears come up or these anxieties come up or these insecurities come up. And the thing of prayer is not to crush those down. It's actually Prayer is giving God your thoughts, your feelings, and your desires, and then allowing him to speak Mm -hmm. into them. Mm -hmm. And what happens is if I am praying badly, or if I am, if you you can't do that. Yeah, quote unquote, dreaming badly. badly, Yeah, it's it's, what's beautiful is, okay, well, I'm going to take these bad thoughts, or I'm going to take these bad Mm -hmm. emotions, or I'm going to take these desires, I'm going to present them to you. And Mm -hmm. I can can present my desires to you, Lord, and say, what do you say about this? And I've presented some desires to the Lord where he says, I don't like that. And I don't Mm -hmm. like what that pulls Mm -hmm. out of you, Dan. And I'm like, oh, okay. But Mm -hmm. I was able to present them to him, right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm able to bring some some thoughts or some feelings like, oh, Lord, I don't like how I'm feeling about this right now. Like right. this dream or this idea mm-hmm. or this concept, I'm really frustrated. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I risked something for you and it turned out badly mm-hmm. for me, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't like that. Or I, I feel like you're calling me to do this, but I'm scared. And when you bring that frustration, that feeling of fear to the Lord, you allow him to do something. Like, mm-hmm. what do you say about this? And that's where real mm-hmm. prayer yes. becomes meaningful because it's when I say I'm scared, what do you say, Lord? Mm-hmm. Then he can minister to you. Mm-hmm. And as mm-hmm. and I think when we're like, oh no, I shouldn't be scared. The Lord says, do not be afraid. So I'm not going to present that to him. But if you say, no, I'm scared, mm-hmm. then, he, then he starts to minister to you through that. Or I'm frustrated or I have this desire. It's where mm-hmm. he, prayer becomes ministry to you, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and there's something beautiful about that. And I think your your other thing mm-hmm. um, about the here now versus yeah. like that, that virtue thing, uh, I don't know why, but when you were sharing this, um, when you were sharing that, I had a uh, the memory of a conversation with someone and she was kind of a... Um, she, she was just, we had p- different political thoughts mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I guess I probably lean right and she leaned left mm-hmm. and we would get into political conversations and I was trying to minister and disciple her. She was significantly sure. younger to me. I had a deep love for this, um, person. And, um, uh, I remember one time she got really angry at some of my political thoughts because mm-hmm. they didn't line up with her dreams. And she had a lot of, she has a lot of compassion and, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and, um, she, she started to say some of your political thoughts sound really racist to me. And, um, and, and I don't, I, I don't like that. And I just started to point out kind of all of the different things in my own life in the here now, I said, mm-hmm. I, I just want to talk to you about the last 12 months In the last 12 months. This is what I have done mm-hmm. for minorities. Mm-hmm. And I just started to lay out all of the, the active diligence mm-hmm. that I had done mm-hmm. to raise scholarship dollars, like mm-hmm. crying out in prayer to raise scholarship dollars, work mm-hmm. and effort to raise mm-hmm. scholarship dollars for minorities to be yeah. able to have access yeah. to retreats and Catholic youth summer camp. Um, some of the different pro like actual proactive ministry I had mm-hmm. done to mm-hmm. those who were minorities. And I started to lay them out. I was like, listen, like I know that mm-hmm. you talk a big game mm-hmm. and, and that you have all of these thoughts and your desires. Mm-hmm. But this is what I've done in the mm-hmm. last 12 months. Mm-hmm. What have you done? Mm-hmm. What have you done for mm-hmm. minorities? Mm-hmm. And she literally had nothing. And what it did was it dismantled 
her words Mm -hmm. because her Mm -hmm. actions didn't line Mm -hmm. up to them. And I think a lot of times that's where this idea of if your words are huge, Mm -hmm. but your actions don't follow, you actually lack character Mm. and integrity, right? So if I'm going to have, if I'm going to have the words Mm -hmm. of dreaming big, my actions actually need to follow Or that. even the dreams. Yeah. If I'm going to have big dreams, I, I need to have big faith yeah. and I need to take real steps, yeah. right? I, I'm, I'm being brought back to the scripture that says, um, well, I've never thought about it like this, but, but Paul's laying out, he says, put up with har- hardship and do the work of the evangelist. Put up with hardship. Like in this moment, you'll have trials, yeah. right? And Jesus tells us that. Put up with the hardship of those but also do the work of an evangelist, which speaks a better word, Yeah. right? Like put up with the hardships of Mm -hmm. now, but also speak the better word that God's gonna have the final say, that Mm -hmm. God is doing something amazing that, yeah, I I, like this is the same dichotomy that, well, it's a false dichotomy, but it's the same dichotomy that we get caught up in the church when it comes to like suffering and healing. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Like I'm gonna put up in this moment with whatever's being brought to me and offer it to the Lord. And I'm gonna believe in the yeah. ultimate fulfillment of God's promise, which is to unite all people back to himself, Yeah, right? Like those can be held at the same yeah. time. That's not logically incoherent. It's actually the fulfillment of what it looks like scripture's laying out yeah. to us. And I think because of people's past experiences, they don't want to let people down, right? And so, sure, because sure. They're, they're not necessarily putting up with the hardship or they've had so much hardship mm-hmm. in their life that they, they, they don't want to speak the word of the evangelist. They don't want to say that Jesus is going to set you free from your brokenness. They don't want to speak the word that Jesus sets the, cat, the, the prisoners free, right? And like that Jesus has come to heal us. They don't want to speak the words of the evangelist because they're mm-hmm. stuck in their own hardship. Yeah, and yeah. and I, I, I think that it's, it's a tough tension. And I think sometimes people don't want to speak about God fulfilling dreams in our mm-hmm. lives because maybe their own dreams haven't been fulfilled. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think once again, it's just, well, what's our paradigm, right? Like the, that we, and healing, the, the, the ministry of physical healing mm-hmm. and, and the ministry of dreaming, they go side by side in this because as, as you mm-hmm. were saying, Brad, it's, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to testify to something that puts God um, in a position where God may not show up, you know, like sure. we're afraid of that. Like, sure. I don't want to pray over someone for healing for, uh, because I'm afraid that if God doesn't show up and doesn't heal them, that somehow that person's going to lose faith in mm-hmm. God, or I'm mm-hmm. going to lose faith in God. And, and maybe I've put myself out there before and God didn't show up. And, mm-hmm. um, but nothing, nothing good comes from that. Like I, right. I like Elijah and the prophets of Baal. It's my favorite scripture. <laughs> like literally, he risked everything. And if God didn't show up, and when he called fire down, like Elijah's neck would have been slit. Mm-hmm. Like he would have yeah. died, like on the spot. And um, so he 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 risked absolutely everything, and mm-hmm. that gave God permission to show up. And I think there's something mm-hmm. about risking something. It gives God permission to show up. I, I was talking. Mm-hmm. I forget which interview it was. It was um, a Beyond Damascus interview just a few weeks ago. It was uh, um, one of our special episodes and um, someone uh, quit their job. Oh, it's so fascinating. Yeah, this it was, oh, the founder of uh, Five Stones. Mm-hmm. He he quit his job because the Lord was saying, just leave. The, that was the word he got, <laughs> just leave. So he quit his job and uh, 
His name's Mike P- uh, Pacer. And, yeah. and um, it was after he quit his job because he was, he left his secular. He was like this lawyer, mm-hmm. a defense lawyer mm-hmm. in Chicago, quit his job to go into ministry, but he didn't know what God wanted him to do. It was after quitting his job a few weeks later when they were looking at their, their finances, they're like, oh man, we have like a couple months left before we have to put the house on the market. <laughs> that someone showed up at his doorstep, an atheist, I mean, an agnostic Jew shows up at his doorstep <laughs> with a $20,000 check. Yeah. But the miracle happens often mm-hmm. after you risk everything. Yeah, yeah. And that- that is where the power is. That's where the beauty that's is. That's right. And that's when the Lord shows up. And, and that's when you know it's the Lord too, yeah. right? Those are those, well, so speaking yeah. of five stones, those are those memory stones of faith. Yeah. You don't forget when God shows up like that mm-hmm. and it holds you to account when things get hard, yeah. right? Like there's been seasons of my life where faith in God is more challenging than others. I start wondering like, have I just convinced myself of all of this, you know? Yeah. But then I go back, I'm like, no, yep. because that happened. Like, Whatever I'm wrestling with right now, intellectually, emotionally, that happened. Yeah. And when God fulfills a promise that's way bigger than me, I can't convince myself that I just skillfully did it. Yeah. He had to have done it. Well, and I mean, I just, I think about Abraham and Moses, like, I mean, imagine journeying the desert for 40 years and, and people are like, yeah. frustrated at you the entire time. Mm-hmm. Everyone, they're like, we were better off in slavery. Could you imagine that? Like God right. uses you to free people from slavery. And you, at that moment, Moses, you know, I'm sure Moses was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, like I'm scared to sure. death, but thank sure. God, this yeah. is fun. Like an adventure. that feels pretty good. Yeah. Like I just freed an entire nation from slavery. Yeah. We passed through the, like, the, just light the work. red just sea a secondary job. as I held up my hands. Yeah. And then when I put them down, the sea crashed <laughs> among, like that is pretty amazing, uh-huh. right? So God's doing these incredible things in Moses's life. And then people are like, I hate you. Yeah, right. Like you suck. We yeah. are we are better off as slaves and you've had us for 40 years. Right. I like I can't even If like, I was Moses, I would be like, yeah, you guys were better left in slavery and I would have been le- better left on that hill just lowering my yeah. arms and letting you get wiped yeah. out by the whatever. Yeah, exactly. But no, I, I but hear that. 40 years. 40 years. Brad, that's a long well, time. And he died before he got to the promised yeah, land. Yeah, he didn't even get so to see it. So that's the faith and hope thing I'm talking yeah. about. Is like I don't know. Knowing Moses's journey with God, I'm sure at the end of it, he really had faith that he would make it to the promised land. Yeah. But I'm sure when God brought him home before that happened, Moses had the hope to say, well, it's going to be better. Yeah. Because that's, that is the beauty of Christianity. And that, that gets to this healing, this dreaming thing. A lot of times the question becomes a, a matter of the temporal. So if God doesn't heal right now, how do we know he's healer? Well, because he's promised to be. Yeah. And I have faith that he can heal you right now and heal me and yeah. heal everyone listening to our conversation, yeah. right? In the case that he doesn't, I'm not even saying that he won't. Yeah. In the case that he doesn't, it's going to be better when he does it later. Yeah. And that could happen this side of eternity, next side of eternity. That's the adventure of faith. Yeah. That's the Abraham leave the land of your yeah. father and mother. And that's also what I love about the book is um, we were actually talking about the cover before. So I love the cover. So don't take this the wrong way. Hey, man, but you that, can't that just judge a book by its cover, right? <laughs> oh, come but, on. Um, the cover is leather. No, I needed that nice. cliche. We had to do it one time. Like the, uh, I just think people were going to be like, yeah, Damascus, the, the dreamers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like Dan, such a big dreamer. Like that's, that's, that's that's good for them in the church. But yeah. what I love about this book is it's for everyone. And this three-week journey would bless anyone that would read it. And I love that where it starts. Again, because if you judge it by its cover, it's like, okay, well, we're just going to awaken the dream realm, which 
like, again, whether we want to call it a run, whatever, like, no, like the Lord has dreams for your life. He created you with things in mind mm -hmm. and he wants you to become the man or woman that is needed for those things to come to pass. Yeah. And the way by which you start out the book is with the first week focused on intimacy with God. Yeah. And um, that's actually the last quarter that we give to our missionaries before we deploy them back into the world. And I, I, I love everything about that. Do you want to speak a little bit? Why, why did you start, um, why did you start the 21 day journey with the first week focus on intimacy with God? Um, yeah, I, I actually the first week's all in intimacy with God. Second week. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry. That's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, all in. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I think the, where do, where do you start with dreaming? And I think it's, um, it, the, <laughs> um, I remember the the last message I gave to my my youth group at St. Pat's. I was yeah. I was the youth minister there for seven years, and I, I actually tell the story. the The Lord asked me at one point I was in adoration, and He just said, "Get out of the boat." And I knew mm. immediately He meant huh. leave this job. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, and at that point, it was just this incredible job, and it was really hard for me to leave mm. because I loved the kids, I loved the family so much, and I, it was it wasn't just leaving a job. It wasn't leaving a ministry. Mm. It wasn't leaving success. It was leaving people that my heart were attached to. And, yeah, yeah. um, and my last mm. message to them, uh, I was like, Lord, you know, and I don't, the youth group kids probably don't even remember. Um, but it was so important to me because mm -hmm. I was pouring my heart out. And the, mm -hmm. the last message was, um, I titled the talk, I hope you die. <laughs> and, uh, it was about the, the life of, um, St. Stephen, the martyr. And it was just like, and, and all of the fun we've had in ministry and all of the fun we've had in youth ministry, I, I don't want you to, uh, I don't want you to leave. And I don't want to leave without you knowing the gospel. Mm -hmm. And the gospel was that Jesus Christ asked us to lay our lives down for him mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, to throw our lives away, to throw it away. Mm -hmm. And that discovering God's dream for your life is not discovering your dream. And so that first hmm. week is really hmm. how do I hmm. how do I yeah. live Christianity the way Jesus intended me to live Christianity? How do I throw my life away? And what's <laughs> been what's been bugging me in prayer this past uh, month is um, my conversion story. One of the early words the Lord gave me in prayer was um, He said, "Damn, my love for you cost me my life. What mm -hmm. has your love for me ever cost you?" And mm -hmm. when I was eighteen years old, I was like, "Man, my love for you has cost me nothing, right?" Mm -hmm. And now. 38 uh, years old, 20 years later, um, that word's been coming back to me and only because I've, I've been having some temptations from the evil one of like, man, if I wasn't like giving, like, I've been having some temptations of like, uh, like what life could have looked like if I wasn't mm -hmm. in ministry, mm -hmm. right? Like financial prosperity that could have been there. Um, yeah, sure. business acumen and leadership, mm -hmm. uh, like mm -hmm. all the things I've said no to over the years that are exciting things. Um, and not to, not to discredit all the amazing things God has done in my life, but those outward suggestions, you know, like yeah, when the, yeah. like Jesus being tempted in the, the desert and Satan's like, you know, like well, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you bow down. Mm, and mm. and so sometimes those outward suggestions come of like, oh, wow, there's a lot of kingdoms in the world mm -hmm. that I don't have dominion over, even though the Lord is like, wait, I'm already the king of the universe. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I already have it all, but those outward suggestions. And it's like, mm. wow, actually 20 years later, when I think my love for you cost me my life, what does your love for me ever cost you? Now I'm able to look back and say, well, actually my love for you has cost me my mm -hmm. life. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's elements of my life that, that I chose against for you, Lord. Mm -hmm. And, 
And now as I think that was 20 years, now I'm like, okay, well, 40 years, right? Am yeah. I going to do, am I going to yeah. choose to throw my life away for you for another 40 years mm-hmm. and not, not throw it away so that I accomplish my dreams, not throw it away. So I get a bigger name. And so we grow Damascus more, throw it away so that I do whatever you ask me to do. And um, yeah, when right. there's something about that, that is, is scary, um, but it's Christianity. And mm-hmm. I think that, um, are you willing to throw away your career mm-hmm. for the Lord? Are you, that's the gospel. That's literally what the apostles did. They, yeah. they yeah. literally had to leave their jobs mm-hmm. to follow him. And when you try to preach that in the modern context, mm-hmm. everyone always follows it up with, uh, but dot, 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 dot. Sure. Or like, sure. like it's, well, what if we let that statement stand? Yeah. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to be a fundamentalist, right? Sure. But what if there are some things that when Jesus said it, he mm-hmm. meant it. Like when he said, heal the sick, he actually intended that we would go and pray for the sick, that they would recover. Yeah, right. Yeah. What if when he called us to follow him and to drop our nets, there was something in our practical mm-hmm. life we had to let go of and walk away from. Mm-hmm. Because if mm-hmm. you want to accomplish, if God speaks a dream from you, mm-hmm. but you're clinging to all of your fishing nets in your life and you don't let go of anything, I promise you, you're not going to accomplish those dreams. And if God has planted those in your life and you cling to everything else that God hasn't mm-hmm. planted in your life, you're never going to do what God asked you to do. Yeah, it's it's, I love it's that. a troubling thing. I love that. And I, 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 I was laughing because as soon as you um, said that, I, I was looking back and I, it's funny to me that um, that you start with all in and that I um, that I had forgotten that that's where it started because I think all in is really the story of your life, Dan. And I do think actually intimacy with God is what has flowed from that in your life. And what's so funny is I, I had kind of uh, meshed both of those together in my head, um, but exactly what you're talking about, being all in similar to what you were saying at the beginning of the episode, it gives us permission to get outside of my box and, and then into a place where I have to rely on the Lord. Mm. And that's where intimacy really comes in, right? Is that like, once I throw my life away, Jesus, you can have all of my life for the rest of my life is, is what you've said so often to me. When we say that, Intimacy with God is then the foundation that's built. Yeah, and what I what I love about um, your heart and um, and what I've seen in your sacrifice for Damascus and and for all the things that God's doing through it has been kind of like in, in a really beautiful way. I think that um, even people like me, there can be a presumption of the all inness that you've had, right? That. Um, I wonder what you would say to someone who, because um, I want to, I want to get to the intimacy with God, because I do think, to your point, and to the the way the 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 book flows, it's when we get outside of ourselves that we really rely on God. It's when we get outside of ourselves that we can really develop a relationship that says, "Lord, you are mm. Lord." Um, why, why, why do you think people um, struggle being all in? Um, why do you think that? Um, people struggle giving their life away. Is it, is it kind of our, is it, is it a control thing? Do we, do we like having certainty? Um, you've been in ministry for 20 years now. When you, when you look at, if that's the precursor to intimacy with God, then that's a pretty important thing for us to do because we were made for intimacy with God. What are our, 
hesitations there that yeah. you see or that you see in people, maybe the, that you saw in me that you've seen in people over 20 years? Yeah. Um, hmm. That's a great question. I think it, 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 it is, it's funny. Cause I think we often will say I'll go all in once I have intimacy with God, right? Like yeah. once I get to this certain place, yeah. Yeah. then I'll get, then that's what will help me go all in. And it's actually the opposite. Yeah. It says, mm-hmm. I come to a recognition of the gift of Jesus's life for me. Mm-hmm. And then the call of Christianity, which is to give my life back to him. That is this, that, that is Christianity. It is Jesus gave his life for me. As a Christian, I am called to give my life to him. Mm-hmm. And then because of the power of the Holy Spirit, after after I give my life to him, through the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. I become another him. And mm-hmm. um, it's union with God is not possible mm-hmm. without renunciation of self. Right. That uh, there is no union with God without the cross. And mm-hmm. it's not... And so why why do we... Honestly, Brad, I, I, I truly believe, um, I truly believe people aren't preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. I don't believe people are preaching that you have to give Jesus everything. We, we treat Jesus as an accessory to our life, not as the Lord of our life. And there are so many people who have pulpits who don't preach the fullness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if, if you, you're, you're misleading the entire world because like the, the, the world has watered down Christianity to be um, nothing more than a half in, uh, half out type experience, mm-hmm. and and because of that, everyone hates Christians, yeah, right? Sure. And so, sure. I, I honestly, I mean, I think a lot of people don't go all in just because they don't understand that that's actually what Jesus is asking from asking them. from them. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a C.S. Lewis quote that. Uh, I often paraphrase, but he said that Christianity is either everything or nothing. Mm-hmm. The only thing it can't be is in between. Yeah. Right? And yet the entire world lives as if it's in between. Yeah. Like the atheists live as if it's in between. We live as if it's in between, oftentimes as Christians. That like, it. I, I can't tell you how many friends of mine from college that were agnostic, atheists, they'd be like, yeah, Christianity has some good things to it. Mm-hmm. Right? This in between. It's not yeah. fully real, but it's kind of, you know, it, Christianity like, yeah, I um I do the the church thing. I'm a nice person. Like we all live in this in between. And C.S. Lewis was so brilliant to point out that it's an all in thing. Yeah, it's an all in thing. And and I I love that. Um, I love that all in leads us to intimacy with God, and then intimacy with God pushes us forward into bold steps of faith. Right. Mm-hmm. So may, maybe maybe talk about that journey into intimacy with God, bold steps of faith. So again, if you're listening today, we're talking about Dream Bigger, a book that Dan wrote. It has three weeks. So it's a 21 day personal retreat that you can take with the Lord uh, into dreaming bigger for your life. And it starts with being all in for seven days, focusing on intimacy with God for seven days, and then bold steps of faith for seven days. Um, We've been talking a little bit here about all in leading into intimacy with God. And so I guess, yeah, draw that connection for us. So as as intimacy with God begins, it's actually from that place that we're able to take bold steps with him. Yeah, so that first week in All In, I, I try to kind of present the fullness of the gospel, lead us to a total surrender, and then uh, start dreaming and asking God, what do you want? And then once once you start dreaming with God um, and he starts showing you things in prayer, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff starts to happen. And um, uh, intimacy with God that second week is really, um, I don't know, I guess I, I wouldn't, it almost it helps you it helps you come into an understanding of the disposition the interior life you need as a dreamer mm-hmm. um that um without intimacy with god as my father 
I, I'll start to take my identity and my dreams. Mm-hmm. And I, I start to take my worth and my value in my dreams. It's very, very, very easy to take our worth and our value in what we do as opposed to who we are. And especially if we're trying to do things for God that he's revealed to us, mm-hmm. it's very tempting to take our, our worth in that. And so it's very easy for me to take my worth and my value and how good we are as Damascus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but God loves me even if we're terrible at ministry, <laughs> even if uh, God loves me, even if like something happens and our apostolate collapses, you know, like that our worth and our value is not. And so, and it's, it's when we don't have a, a firm identity as sons and daughters, um, all of that negative emotion, whether it's you know the seven deadly sins, whether it's anxiety and 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 self loathing, whatever it is, all of this stuff comes out. Um, mm-hmm. But when we know that God is our Father and we understand that all of our affirmation comes from Him, um, mm-hmm. all of the burden is taken off of our shoulders, and it's really truly personal experience, like. So I've always been a, a big dreamer. I, I'm like, um, uh, I see big picture. I see strategy. I see mm-hmm. vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's frustrating because sometimes people around me don't see like I see. <laughs> yeah. And um, It's entrepreneurial. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's been my entire life, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. <laughs> ironically, it's funny because my uh, I'm learning that I actually, I think I, I'm dyslexic. And I didn't know that as a kid, but it's a, <laughs> it's a characteristic as of dyslexic people as well. That um that they see they see big picture often and they can't get mm-hmm. into the minute details mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's just funny because it's like okay well this is actually how God made me right mm. but then all that big picture aching desire would then put all kinds of like like not peace in me <laughs> and, yeah and yeah. I wanted peace and mm-hmm. uh, I wanted I wanted joy and I wanted confidence in Him I wanted hope mm-hmm. and um. What I've found is that, I mean, the secret is so simple. It's like, it's, it's hidden in the baptism of Jesus that before he, before, I mean, he knew what the father wanted from him, you know, and that he, he took 30 years in the hidden life. Yeah. He knew what the father wanted from him. Mm-hmm. And before he moves into active ministry, he needed a word from the father to give him the grace to accomplish the active ministry the father had for his life. Mm-hmm. And the word was so simple. Behold, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. And it was, dad believes in me and dad loves me. And because of that, no matter what, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And I think when we live our day-to-day life um, uh, under the father's affirmation, when every day I hear the father's affirmation over my life, it frees me of fear of failure mm-hmm. and it frees me from the opinions of others. And those are the two things that prevent us from accomplishing God's dream in our life. It's, it's the fear of failure and it's the, the opinion of others. And mm-hmm. so the only recipe I believe to overcome that, the fear of failure and the opinions of others, the fear of man, if you will, the only way to overcome that is uh, through living under the father's affirmation. Mm-hmm. Because when I, when I know my mm-hmm. father is well pleased with me, and I have such deep intimacy that I live under his affirmation that the heavens are open. I know that, right? The heavens mm-hmm. opened at Jesus' baptism. The Holy Spirit come down, came down. So when I know that I have the power of God mm-hmm. and I have the voice of the Father, um, that those, those two things enable me to accomplish anything, mm-hmm. right? Not in a dumb way that like, I can accomplish anything, right? Like, mm-hmm. But I can accomplish everything the Lord has ordained me to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And so if he's given me a word, a mission, a dream, like he gave Jesus a word, a mission, and a dream, um, 
that living under that open heaven and living under the Father's affirmation enable me to accomplish that. That's and, okay. and that just takes a tremendous amount of intimacy because mm-hmm. the moment mm-hmm. I move outside of that open heaven mm-hmm. and the moment I move outside of the Father's affirmation, I get into the world. Mm-hmm. And, and all, of, all of the negativity of worldly dreaming and, and worldly aspiration mm-hmm. and worldly pride comes rushing in and, yeah, yeah. and you start doubting and you start mm-hmm. questioning, you start caring more about yourself than you do about the Lord and all of these weird things start happening. But as long as you're living in that baptismal moment, mm-hmm. um, you believe in him and you're loved by him, mm-hmm. which is changes. Yeah. Everything. That's so good. Yeah. Intimacy with God is the glue that holds our life to God's dreams. Right. Yeah. And so if you're listening today, um, Take that, take that to heart. That that like in our lives, um, in our lives as Christian people, right? That we actually need to do the work of being all in. We need to surrender because that allows us to be intimate with God, and that's the type of life that we want. And if that's the type of we life we want, we can expect to step out boldly and for fruit to be there. Yeah. And so um, if you're listening today, we've been talking about the book, Dream Bigger. If you're watching on YouTube, you can check it out right here. It's a book that uh, Dan wrote. It's a 21 day journey to uh, discover God's dream for your life. And I'm gonna take this retreat soon myself. Um, you can find it anywhere where you can find books. Um, first week on being all in, second week on being intimate with God, and third week on taking bold steps of faith. Dan, I wonder if to close us, if you can... Uh, Maybe just um, just pray that the Lord would give us a heart um, for um, surrender, that he would give us the the grace to partner with his dreams. Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we just pray that heaven would open right now over every listener, that they would hear your voice clearly, and that they would know the mission you've given them. And Lord, I pray that you would fill them with uh, just total love, that they would be your beloved that they would be loved by you, that they would know your love. And Lord, I just pray that you would ignite something in them, that every one of us, as we listen, that there would be an eternal fire that blazes inside of our hearts and our stomachs, that the, literally the hunger of God would be put inside of you. I think the Lord just wants to um, do something in your belly uh, as you pray, that you would start to cry out to him more and that you would experience hunger pains, uh, that, that you would hunger for what God has for you, that you would hunger for what God has for the world. I just break any spirit of complacency, any spirit of modern comfort that, is, uh, that has come into our lives. Lord, we just speak in the name of Jesus, all complacency be gone, all comfort seeking be gone. Mm-hmm. Come Holy Spirit, we just pray for boldness, we pray for those who are zealous for the coming of the kingdom. And Lord, I pray that um, no matter what our personalities, whether we've uh, seen ourselves as, as loud and energetic or as quiet and contemplative, that um, you would use all of us in our unique facets and our unique makeup and the way that you designed us to accomplish everything you've designed us to accomplish. Mm-hmm. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dan, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, for all of you listening, what's God's dream for your life? If you want to discover that in a new way, find Dan's book, Dream Bigger, a 21-day journey to unlock God's dream for your life. My name is Brad Piron. And again, this has been Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We want to give a special shout out to our partners and sponsors at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio that make this show possible. We want to thank you for tuning in every week on Friday when we release these episodes. 
uh, and we pray in a particular way today that if this episode has blessed you, that you would share it with all those in your life so you can be the evangelist that spreads the good news, who builds up the dreams of the church so we can continue to move the kingdom forward. Uh, We'll look forward to seeing you next time here on Beyond Damascus. God bless.